This is your Exalted Race Center update. I'm Mike Davis. Junior Nation can breathe again as Dale Jr. and the Exalted Race team finally put together a complete race and came home with a fifth place finish at Texas on Sunday. It was Junior's first top five since June 6, 2016 at Pocono, which was the week before his concussion at Michigan and five weeks before his abrupt end for the 2016 season. With the finish, Dale Jr. jumps up five spots in the cup standings and is now 20th heading into the off week. In the Xfinity race on Saturday, William Byron's number 9 Exalta Prefort Chevrolet led Junior Motorsports with 17 laps led and a 7th place finish. Elliott Sadler ended up 10th and he maintained his points lead. Justin Algar finished 13th and Michael Annette 20th. In the late models, Junior Motorsports' Josh Berry won the first Twin 40 at Hickory Motor Speedway Saturday night and he finished 3rd in the 2nd race. Anthony Alfredo finished 6th and 7th respectfully. The win was Berry's 2nd win of the season. If you weren't following Exalta Racing on social media over the weekend, you missed out on up-to-the-minute updates, photos, and information on Dale Jr. Exalta Racing has you covered on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All you have to do, search them at Exalta Racing, follow, and enjoy. This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. This is Kerry Earnhardt, and you're listening to Earnhardt Outdoors, where the pavement ends and the dirt road begins. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Earnhardt Outdoors. I'm your host, Kerry Earnhardt, coming to you from the Exalta Studio. Alongside me is my brother-in-law, L.W. Miller. Hello, L.W., what's up? Just uh, excited to be here again with you, Kerry, and talk some more about the outdoors. Again. Do we ever stop talking about outdoors? I don't know. I, every now and then I'll stop thinking about it. You know, I'm sure other words come out of my voice because at home, you know, you got to say other things to your <laughs> wife to make her happy. And at work, you got to talk about work stuff. But in reality, I don't, we may stop talking about it every now and then, but it never, I never stop thinking about it. Yeah, that's cool. I love the outdoors. Cool. Well, Joy, thank you for coming on this season with me. And uh, we'll talk about some turkey hunting. Heck yeah. We it's love time. That. It's time. It's getting there. Yep. Turkey hunting. You know, I know you and I have turkey hunting together before and I know, you have a lot of years of, of turkey hunting stories. My turkey hunting really is, I turkey hunted as a kid when I was in Pennsylvania, when I lived there. And we have a, a cool thing in Pennsylvania. We also have a fall turkey season, so I got to enjoy that. But really the last probably three years is when I've really gotten into turkey hunting, and I am into it. I mean, big time. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's exciting. Well, I mean, it's it's neat to have that gobbler to come in strutting and gobbling at your call. And speaking of calls, do you practice before season any? <laughs> you can ask my family if I practice. Well, actually, you could probably ask anybody here at Junior Motorsports if I practice because I actually, as recent as today, I have on my phone when I'm driving to work, usually my, my calling practices, I try to do it in the truck when I'm driving so I'm not bothering everybody at the house. That being said, I still do it at least once a day at the house. Mm-hmm. I give a, a couple you know, a couple turkey clucks or I'll do a crow call or an owl hoot. I'll do something in the house just to get everybody cranked up. And, you know, Kelly will say, what are you doing? That gets on my nerves. And of course, <laughs> Wyatt just thinks it's awesome. Usually if I can, if I do, if I do a, a, a an owl hoot, he'll do a crow call back to me or I'll do a crow call and he'll do an owl hoot back to me. So oh, he, cool. he's, he's got the owl hoot and the crow calling down. Um, now he can get on a, a box call or a, a slate call and he can he can actually do a slate call fairly well so yeah so Wyatt and I we have a blast with it you know whether he's crow call and I'm owl hooting he's just getting the hang of the 
the straight, you know, the striker in a slate call where he can he can make some clucks, but they don't sound real good. But he yelps a little bit. He can do the box call fairly well. So we do practice a little at home, but we get yelled at. So typically yeah. in my truck on the way to work when I'm by myself, I'll get my mouth calls out and I'll be calling. Um, you know, typically that's when I practice my mouth call, not my mouth. Don't let people you can't think drive I'm trying to box call. call or slate call <laughs> while I'm driving. But uh, I'm not saying I never have. Yeah. I'm just, you know. But anyway, I have this, I get on, on YouTube and I'll listen to this video right here playing in the background. <laughs> Try to mimic it. Just sitting there listening to that. So I'm playing this on my phone right now, which obviously those folks listening can't see that, but I have my phone and I'm currently wearing a sling. So I take my phone and I tuck it into my sling because it's better than a pocket. And I listened to that playing. Well, I got out of the car today, and I had a bunch of stuff in my hands. Well, that was playing. I, I walked up into the office, put some stuff down in Kelly's office, and walked out of Kelly's office, and everybody was just staring at me. And, of course, I'm just, like, in my zone. And they're like, what is that? What, what is that? What are you doing? And I, I started laughing. I had my, you forgot uh, you had I had my YouTube turkey call running in my in my sling. So I listen to that and practice and try to mimic it. And I'm by no means going to say that I'm a really good turkey caller because I'm not. And anytime that I think I'm starting to get good, I'll listen to somebody that really is yes. good. And then I just get embarrassed. Show you how you and are. It, it, last year I called in uh, two turkeys. I killed two turkeys that I called in. And I actually called in one from some for somebody else, so we didn't end up getting it, but I did call it in. So I was really, you know, high on myself thinking, man, I can do it. And I, you know, I got this down. And then I'll go hunting, and, and Kelly's Uncle Robert and I hunt a lot together. Yep. And he's like, man, you sound like a Jake, or you sound like a – you don't sound right. And then he gives my confidence all down. So, <laughs> so then I get scared to call. So, But unfortunately for him, after he runs his mouth and gets my confidence down, I make him call for me. So uh, then he has to do the call, and I get to do the shooting. There you go. So which is something that you and I have done in the past. You've got to do the call, and I tried to do the shooting, right? I, mean, I think I spooked him. <laughs> yeah, we spooked him off. But that's uh, I know you're a you're in my book. You're a pretty good turkey caller, and I'm sure that some of the guys you hunt with are super turkey callers. Yeah, so I know you. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm sure. like I'm like you. I do a lot of calling, and uh, I have called a lot of turkeys in. But when I go with these guys, like this Rob Keck guy, he used to be president of the NWTF, and some of the guys that I hunt with, man, they put me to shame. I mean, they're they're yeah. amazing what they could do with the box calls or mouthpiece or anything. And like you said, it, it just kind of knocks my confidence down, and I just let them call, <laughs> and I shoot. Yeah. It gives me more opportunity. Yeah, fortunately, fortunately, we all have some friends that are really good callers, yeah, so it works good for us. Yeah. Uh, but, Which, no, I was actually at a, I was thinking to myself the other day. I went to a um, an outdoor show you know, up in Ohio, actually and was walking around checking out the different booths that was the deer and turkey expo similar to our, our, deer, our deer, Dixie classic. deer classic we yeah. have here in north carolina and walked up to a booth and i was looking at the calls and there's so many different calls and i have no idea what's a good one or what's not and, and nor do i think there really is such thing as a good one is. or not I mean, because the man that was running the booth and of course he had gold medals all over the wall of the right. booth where he apparently was a professional caller you know went to competitions and such and uh he'd pick one box call up or he'd pick a slate call up or he'd put a mouth call in and i mean this guy was amazing i mean i'm thinking he he sounds better than any turkey i've ever heard <laughs> so i think that uh it's just you know that kind of comes back to i don't think there really is a great call out there i think there's great callers, callers yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, it, it, it showcases his products pretty well when he's using them yeah, but absolutely. when you use them, it don't sound the same. Yeah, well, as long as we can call those turkeys in, I guess that's, that's all that matters. Or as long as we just get lucky enough to sit under the right tree, I guess. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool last year. I took my daughter to get her first turkey, and I went with this guy's 
he's an older gentleman, super great guy. And he's been turkey calling for years and calls. He takes a lot of kids hunting and calls for them and everything. And he's a pretty dang good caller. And we sat there all day and he's sitting there calling and ain't a lot happening. All Everything kind of settled down. It was, you know, getting the late evening. And uh, my daughter kind of done fell asleep in the chair. And I was sitting there and he kind of quit calling. We just all sitting there. It's got quiet. And I was just sitting there thinking, I'll pick my box call up. And I hit it a couple of times and have one gobble. <laughs> I'm like, look, dude, I just do it the first time. And he gobbled. What happened to you? I mean, where where you been? And it was sure enough, Harry, his gobbler comes up. I'm banging on my daughter, waking her up and trying to get everything positioned because we was trying to film it and everything too. But it was it happened so fast because when he gobbled, next thing I know, I see his head coming across the little horizon there and coming straight into the decoy. But. Yeah, I kind of held that over his head that I called him in, and he did. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's 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 true, and and you know, I've when I get into something, I really get into it, and I study, study, study that that whatever you know. In this particular case, it's turkey hunting for the last couple of years, and uh, I did this with deer hunting years ago, and, and I think we've talked on past shows about how much I read books and mm-hmm. watched videos, and really, really, really study the whole thing, um, and I've been doing that with turkeys for about the past year. And Kelly and I go on an anniversary trip every year in January, and it's our time just to, uh, instead of getting anniversary presents, we go on a trip. And it gives us a, you know, a four or five day window just to go and get away from the kids and have our own time. Of course, we enjoy each other and spend the time together, but we both will sit there and typically it's January, so she wants to go somewhere warm. So this year we went to the beach somewhere and uh, it gives me a chance to, every year before we go, I get a couple books because it's probably the only window I have during the year to sit down and read a whole book. Now I may read a book partial, partial, partial right. over a couple week right. time frame other parts of the year, but that, that trip I usually get a few books in and I took three turkey hunting books down there, all three written by different authors. And uh, ultimately at the end of it, when it comes down to it, like you said, with your box call and you made that noise and that turkey gobbled, right. the other guy who's a pro hadn't been able to make anything happen. And the one common not denominator and all everything I read and everything I've studied is if that turkey's in the mood, it's going to be fun. And I'm not going to say it's easy because it's never easy. Never. But it definitely makes it, you know, a little easier for those of us who are rookies. And even those guys who are pros, if the turkeys aren't in the mood, eh, they're not going to gobble. Yep. And, and that's, you know, uh, one one of the authors, is, is his quotation was, the turkeys will be turkeys. And whatever they want to exactly. do is what they're going to do. Yep. So, yeah. I, you know, I've, I've experienced that myself. Yeah, it was pretty neat. I mean, it's... It's exciting to go turkey hunting because I like just to sit in the woods. Um, for example, I'm using my Kansas hunt I went on with uh, Rob Keck. And uh, we're sitting there. We set up on this wood line over in this field. And it's amazing. It's, you know, it's still dark and everything. And you kind of see up in the trees. You just see big blobs of stuff. And once we got in there and sat down and seen how many turkeys they were there. And this is in the wintertime. I mean, it's a winter hunt up in uh, Kansas. And, I mean, it was amazing of how many turkeys there were. I mean, it's hundreds of turkeys. Gobblers and hens all mixed up. Well, it gets pretty close to start getting a little light where you can see, and we start working, the, or Rob starts working the calls, and it just lights up all the gobbling going on. And it's pretty cool to you know, experience that. And when we first went in there, I didn't realize that we actually were sitting right under them as close as we were, and we got in there without spooking them. And that was pretty neat. Yeah, I remember when you... You told me that you were going to go do a true timber hunt with with Rob, 
And I actually got to meet Rob Keck. I think he came here to Junior Motorsports and met with us. Yes. Um, or maybe it was at True Timber. But I know, I remember meeting Rob. No, it was, not, it was True Timber. And at the time, didn't really know who he was. And you're, you told me you're going on this hunt. And it was, was it January? Yeah, it was January, 1st of January. And, and, and I thought, and I said, you guys, what, your turkey hunt? Yeah. Like, how, how, why, how, who, what's the deal? Because yeah. I'd never heard of anybody hunting turkeys in the wintertime like that. And uh, you came back and we're so excited about it and had had so much fun. And you showed me some of your video footage from that. I thought, man, that's cool. And uh, then, uh, like I said, over the past year, reading all about turkeys and, you know, I'm reading these books and the guys talking about, oh, yeah. And I went with, you know, Rob Keck to this hunt. I'm like, yeah. hey, I met that guy. <laughs> that's the guy that took Kerry hunting. So, I mean, that was a, a pretty, you know, very naive to it when I met him, you know, a couple of years ago and when all that went happened. But now that I'm really studying and learning more about it, I'm like, man, that was, I was with somebody that was pretty cool. I mean, yeah, that guy's, he's, he's a big deal. He's come a long way. He's been around a lot. And um, I enjoy it too, because I get to learn a lot from him. Oh, I can Just imagine. kind of sit there and pay attention and watch what he does and how he does it. And I mean, this guy's got a lot of stories. You know, like I say, he's been with the NWTF for many, many years. And now he's with Bass Pro Shop. He's doing some stuff with them and just to hear the stories and the, the tales that he's had with different people and some veterans and stuff like that is pretty cool to hear and any any turkey hunting society but when you go with someone that, of his stature you, you kind of learn a whole lot more from him than yeah. you do from books or, or any videos oh yeah i'm sure of it no doubt we all know that, that experience is is the thing and he's got a ton of it i i read a book um actually read a couple books now because i liked his first book so much but ray i who was a turkey hunter who who grew up in Missouri. And it's really one of the things I think that, that's touching me more about turkey hunting than the actual turkey hunting is it, it was a, a huge tradition for him. I mean, he grew up as a kid in Missouri when there wasn't turkeys, turkeys in other parts of the country, right. but yet they were one of the places that still had wild turkeys that, you know, they didn't need to reintroduce them. They were there. Yeah. They made it through the hard times. Uh, you know, a lot of these states that we, uh, North Carolina, you know, right here where right. we live, I mean, it, there there wasn't turkeys here for a period of time, and they've reintroduced them, and through people like the National Wild Turkey Federation have, you know, created habitat and grown habitat and grown awareness, and, you know, now there's a huge, great flock of turkeys yep. here in North Carolina, so we all see turkeys all the time, but it, reading his stories, he talked about his grandfather and his dad, and they had homemade slate calls that were broken off a piece of an old one one room schoolhouse up the road from where they grew up on the farm. And I mean, it just you read those stories and you think, man, as an outdoorsman, you think that's the epitome of what it's all about. Right. I mean, talks about going out there, you know, back before they had real camouflage, back before they had turkey load shots. I mean, they went out there and whatever their shotgun shells, right. they had their gun from rabbit hunting the fall before <laughs> yeah. is what they used to hunt turkeys with. And those old stories, just reading about them. It just creates this nostalgic part of it that's so cool, and I think that you got to experience a little bit of that probably with, with Rob and going with somebody that experienced it for years. Yeah, and some of the older guys, like the one I was telling you, took my daughter hunting. He he still takes the wing bone out of a turkey and makes a turkey call with it. Yeah, just different crazy. things. It's pretty cool, and uh, and just enjoy being able to have the opportunity to be with these people. And actually, I've got a hunt coming up that we all get together. There's about five of us guys get together. We go up and stay in this cabin together and just hunt for about three or four or five days and just enjoy our time together and camaraderie and um, reflect back on many uh, past stories and past hunts. And they always bring up the ones that I always miss for some reason. <laughs> they always bring those stories up. But um, to be outdoors and to build relationships with, you know, guys or, or your family is, is pretty special. And um, there's there's different side, like my daughter. I mean, we're at home. 
she's a mama's daughter and all about her phone and a laptop <laughs> but when we get in the woods she's more of a daddy's girl yeah and that's pretty cool because we sit there and she'll start telling me about turkeys and like <laughs> yeah she knows everything about them and it's cool to hear her side of the stories and and what she thinks or or feels is important in turkey hunting and how to use a call and stuff like that and i remember one morning i heard a turkey gobble and i'm taking her to daycare this is way years ago and i'm taking her to daycare and so i'm went out and started a truck up to warm it up and she's i hear a gobble and i go back inside I said, come on out in front porch and listen so i got your turkeys out gobbling so i'm running down to my shop and get my call in my gun room get my turkey call and see if we get him talking and work him in well, I go down there, and I'm digging around, and all of a sudden, I hear this call going off. I'm like, what in the world? And I go back around and get on the front porch, and she's out there with my box call. She had done <laughs> taken my box call from my gun room and had it in her room. <laughs> Says she'd been practicing with it, and she knows exactly how to use it more than I do. So <laughs> we sit there, and she called these turkeys. They was a long ways out, but she called them in. With about 20 minutes later, they were right there in her front yard. Oh, that's cool. That three times, so cool. and it was pretty cool. And she's a little four-year-old. I think she was about four and had old blonde hair. She's swinging that hair around like you need to be still why i said because you're gonna scare them away she said i haven't yet (laughs) i guess you got a point yeah no that's so cool and and that's you love to see your kids get involved and even you know kelly uh she has done you know she's deer hunted and bear hunted and she shot a turkey in pennsylvania in the fall turkey season with me but she's never been spring gobbler hunting and Every year when I go to Pennsylvania to spring gobbler hunt, usually I hunt, uh, you know, maybe two days on my own with Uncle Robert, and then Wyatt will join in for the third day, and we'll take him out the last day usually and hunt with him. Um, this year, we're going to do it a little backwards. In the first day that we get there, um, Wyatt's going to come, but not only is Wyatt going to come, but Kelly's going to come. So oh, cool. Uncle Robert and I are already planning and scheming and figuring out, you know, we're going to set a blind up and where he's, you know, we kind of... We have the we, we know what the birds are going to do there pretty well because we've done it for you know several years now, so we're going to set up a blind and get Kelly and Wyatt and myself in the blind, and then he'll set up somewhere you know behind us and do some calling and you know maybe we'll use decoys or whatever. But we're gonna you know that's going to be cool because Kelly Kelly really loves the outdoors and she loves the hunting part of it and just she more than anything loves being outdoors, and I'm really excited for her to experience. I mean when you I I, I hope it goes well because. Anybody that goes and sits there for the first time and hears that turkey goblin and coming into you goblin, it's like it's just an amazing thing. I mean, and then you see him and he's all strutting and puffed up yeah. in his head. I mean, it's amazing to me. I'm colorblind, but yet just the brilliance of what their head looks like when they're strutting and they're all cranked up. I mean, here's a turkey with an old red or gray or whatever color their head is normally. Yeah. And when they get puffed up and they're strutting and they're doing their breeding rituals, he's got, it looks like a neon light bulb yeah. of blues and reds and, and whites. And it's, uh, I'm really looking forward. I mean, Wyatt loves it already, but I'm really excited to see, you know, what Kelly takes of that. Cause I think she'll absolutely love it. Cause it's so cool. I actually experienced it last year with, uh, with Dale jr. And I don't know that Dale had ever Turkey hunt. I think he said he did Turkey hunt once prior to that. But last year we went, on our place in Ohio and uh, we all split up and went different directions and he took a guy with him and I took a guy with me and we ended up uh he didn't get one but just had a blast and I know that's marked on his calendar this year to make sure that we we go back up there for a couple of days of spring gobbler because it's once you uh, once you do it and you yeah. hear that goblin you just you're, you're hooked. You're, you get you hooked yeah that's very so it's uh it's really cool so I know what you're saying about Kayla because I I've experienced that with Wyatt and, and of course I can't wait to see Kelly's reaction when she hears 
big old gobbler goblin gobbling his way into us. Yeah, I'm excited to hear the story. I'm curious how she's gonna take to that. Yeah, she'll she'll do it. She um she's done well with the deer hunting. She likes to go deer hunting and typically I'm an all day sitter, so I mm-hmm. go out and I sit all day long and Yeah, I noticed that. She's a she's a ten or eleven o'clock <laughs> type ready to go back to the cabin. She's and then, more my style. Bring me back out around two thirty <laughs> or three and uh so you know, the cool thing about turkey hunting for me is you go in the morning, you know, you talked about hunting with Kayla in right. the afternoon, which you can do. Can you do that all year long here in North Carolina? You yeah, you hunt all, all day. day. Yep. And in yep. Pet- so in Pennsylvania, um, in in most other states, actually, the first couple weeks of the season, you have to be out of the woods by 11 or 12 right. o'clock, whatever, maybe 1 o'clock in yep. some states, which is the case in Pennsylvania. I think you can hunt till noon, 11 or noon. But typically, we'll hunt in the mornings. And then we'll mess around and, you know, do other stuff during the day. So it's a cool family time because you can do, it's not like deer hunt where you're hardcore from every minute of daylight you want to be in the woods. In my right. case, in this case, you're only going to hunt the morning. So then you can go do other cool springtime activities, you know, with the family. So it's it's almost a great a great opportunity for those who love hunting and want to make their family a part of it to do that because it won't be the whole boring sitting in a tree stand all day situation yeah. you know you get to do other things so. and most of the turkey activity is usually morning or late evenings and during the day they kind of settle down i mean every now and then you'll catch one that's pretty hot but usually it's yeah. pretty quiet during the day well yeah yeah that's uh, a lot that's more work for sure right <laughs> <laughs> only for the hardcore yeah, for the hardcore <laughs> so well cool uh, yeah i have a pretty cool story it goes back one time with my dad the only time with my dad it involves a turkey it really wasn't turkey hunting, but we was riding around the farm. And in 2000, when well, I'm going to say back in 99, you rarely see a turkey. Every now and then you might find one, but you hardly ever see one. And we was riding around the farm, and he had this old red Jeep, didn't have no doors on it. And we were just riding around. We come across, going down the road, come up to this culvert he had, and there was a log laying on the side of the road. It was probably about a four-inch round log, and it's just on the side of the road, you know he stops. He says, get out move that log. I'm like, Dad, it's not in the way. It's right there on the side. I mean, you're not going to run over it. I said, get out and move it. So I did. By the time I bent down, I heard that old hen start clucking. And I knew then it's getting ready to be on. So I ran and jumped back in the Jeep, and this turkey hen comes in behind us. She had some little ones with her. And he's sitting there. He's cussing me because that turkey's in there just flapping both of us and flogging him. And he jumps out and I get out the other side, and that turkey comes out, and we go around, switch sides. He jumps in the passenger side, jump in the driver's side, and I take off in the Jeep. And he's sitting there smacking the crap out of me. What do you do that for? What are you doing? Why did you bring that hen back in? The t-? I said, Dad, I did. I was running from her, too. I jumped in the Jeep <laughs> to get away from her. I said, why did you stop and make me get that stick out there? And he starts laughing, because I knew she was there at that culvert. <laughs> like, you dog. So, so, so he's... So did she have he a, set a, me nest, up. a nest layer or something? Is that why she That's got all I can figure because, uh, I mean, why else would she be like that? And she chased you right into the jeep. Yeah. Oh, that is crazy. But he knew she was going to be there, so there had to be a nest or something there. Yeah. But it was it was a funny story that backed up, it kind of backfired on him. <laughs> well, I remember, uh, I remember back in, in that time era when they introduced the turkeys around here. Yeah. And, and like I said, I mean, there wasn't, you know, prior to that, there wasn't turkeys here. No. And now, I mean, and that's, you know, you talk about a success story. I mean, so you're talking about one turkey. Right. You hadn't seen one prior to that, Mm-mm. and now you see them all I over. Actually, flocks I mean, of them all around a, the house and everything. A huge success story: the introduction of turkeys in a lot of these states, and and you know, to happen that fast. I mean, you're talking, you know, in ten year yeah. window, it, it 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 went from never seeing turkeys to seeing turkeys everywhere. Yeah, so I'll see twenty, thirty in a flock now. Yeah, and it's it's really it's it's cool. 
it's cool to see a success story like that. Um, and it, it gives you a little bit of appreciation. You know, you, you hear about, I liken it to the introduction of elk in some states, you know, they're Kentucky and yeah. Pennsylvania. Some of those states have areas where they're reintroducing elk and, and the herds are taken off well. And you think, man, if they did that with turkeys all, I mean, they've done it with turkeys in pretty much every state. I believe it was sometime in the 1950s. It was down to where there was a few turkeys left in Missouri. Um, honestly, I don't even know where else there was turkeys left. I mean, that was one of the primary places there was turkeys left, yeah. a few in Pennsylvania. And now they're everywhere. So, I mean, it's that that's that really puts credit to the whether it be the state agencies or the federal agencies or just the private agencies like the National Wild Turkey Federation that have come along and and created right. something pretty awesome. I mean, I always knew you know, you have all these factors in play with you know, where the nest gets flooded, you know, messes up the eggs or coyotes come in and get the little ones. But I, I just learned two years ago that skunks play a big role in uh, turkey. Killing, population killing the, the turkeys well they they eat the eggs yeah that's what i found out two years ago and i had no clue that skunks even did stuff like that yeah and, and it's the same here i uh you know hanging out with guys and right. mentoring under people that know turkeys and understand turkeys and, and me being new to myself i mean skunks possums raccoons are like, yeah. oh those dirty raccoons or those dirty possums those dirty skunks i mean all those animals are, are natural predators of the turkey yes. but yet they still thrive and do awesome so i mean it's it, it goes to show you there must be, they must be doing really great to survive. I mean, everybody knows how many raccoons and possums yeah. and skunks we see we along the roads. And to think that those turkeys still are uh, surviving through all that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. So, Carrie, um, I mentioned fall hunting turkeys. Have you ever experienced any fall hunting in any of the places you've turkey hunted other than that winter hunt? Or is um, it typically just spring turkeys? It's usually just spring turkeys, uh, just that one hunt. My, now, where my wife grew up and well. I'd say where my wife's from in Virginia, they had fall season. My father-in-law always hunted turkeys in the fall. And uh, But the thing with the bear, you could shoot hens or gobblers, either one, and you could use a rifle or a shotgun one. Yeah. And I just didn't feel fair game in that. Um, you know, I, I like to be the true traditional uh, turkey hunting and hunting in the spring, calling me in and shooting shotguns. Yeah. So only shoot the gobblers. Well, I was also, where I grew up in, in Pennsylvania, had a, a, the same laws as Virginia. Right. You could hunt with a rifle or a shotgun. And, of course, as a 16-year-old kid or a 14-year-old kid or whatever, you just your goal is to kill a turkey. Right. You don't care. And, and, right. and you know, we, we did hunt them with a twenty two Magnum or two twenty two or whatever it was. And I think I might have shot one or two turkeys with a rifle as a kid. But had a, a mentor in turkey hunting, um, Gail Clark, who was an engine builder that built a lot of engines for us and the race cars back in those days was a huge turkey hunter and he moved to the town that I lived in and he would take me fall turkey hunting as a kid and it was it's so I mean people think of it well you know you're just going to go right around you know in the fall shoot one out in the field with a rifle but that's not how they did it what they did if you saw a flock of turkeys out in the field he would pull off the side of the road to get out of the truck and he would run into that flock of turkeys and you're thinking to yourself, what in the world are you doing? <laughs> and you run out there and you bust up that flock of turkeys. And yeah. he'd be looking at me, get the gun, get the gun, come on, come on. And I mean, it was like a, a huge hustle. And, you know, it, just as quick as he'd break that flock of turkeys up, we'd get back down into the heart of where they were at and get hidden in, you know, backed up against the tree or get hidden somewhere there in the brush. And he'd, he had old box calling. He'd start calling, and next thing you know, the woods would just come to life. Yeah. And, I mean, there'd be turkeys yelping, hens yelping, gobblers yelping, just turkeys all around you calling back to you and coming in. And, I mean, it'd be nothing to, you know, you'd break up a flock of 30 turkeys, and within 20 minutes you'd have 
10 turkeys back around you calling looking to try to, try to flock regroup. back up and, yep. and he'd be calling them in and of course you the goal was to shoot a big adult hen or a gobbler you know you tried not to shoot one of the right. the, the 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 new the young turkeys but there again as a 14 15 16 year old kid you, you saw turkey shoot. you were excited you <laughs> shot the turkey so uh it was uh it's a really cool experience and you know that that was another part of i mean you know a tradition yeah. type thing i mean that was tradition to go fall turkey hunting and i don't do it so much anymore because i'm you know so eat up with archery you know deer hunting right. that that's that's in the heart of archery season so if i have a few days in november i'm going to be bow hunting probably not you know turkey hunting right. but it's uh it's pretty cool to do that and you know uh i, I think on like you said well uh, you know you can home, a lot of people have that viewpoint but the reality of it is those who go out and really do it and call them in and shoot them with a shotgun i mean it's 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 not as good as spring turkey hunting but it's right there. It's pretty cool. It. It's still pretty. I mean, I heard my it's, it's, it's exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah, I heard my father tell them stories about busting them up like that and everything. And I, I've always wanted to experience it, but just never had the opportunity. And maybe one day I'll be able to do that. And you know, well, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to try to the set a hint, date. Hint. I mean, sometime when we're uh, we got a little window <laughs> in between our archery hunts, when maybe we can go up there to Pennsylvania and do a little bit of that because, like, it would it, to me. Uh, just talking about it brings back a lot of 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 childhood memories because I did it as a kid. You know, right. since uh, since I've become an adult and worked and got busy and, and now like i said i focus on deer hunting i don't go do it and i haven't done it since i was probably maybe 16 17 years old so that's you know as all of us get older you think to yourself i'd you know go back and and relive one of those things you did as a kid and in the memories you have and and even i mean it's so cool even like reading those turkey books that i do now i mean they'll be talking about you know tactics and, and ways to hunt and i'm thinking yeah man clarky told me that 30 years ago <laughs> I, it didn't sink it's in like, it's like new it, it didn't sink in i think i, I remember learning this and, and i think you know uh clarky was a huge mentor to me in the, in the turkey hunting as a kid and then i had tony marcial both of which were acquaintances through racing but um tony marcial was a crew chief for me on my modifieds and he was a huge turkey hunter and he he taught me a lot about turkey hunting as well we didn't do a lot of it together but we spent a lot of time sitting around practicing calls learning how to call doing stuff like that so it's uh those guys that are into that stuff i think my current modern mentor is uncle robert right because uncle robert's a super turkey hunter you know he hunts him here in north carolina has been to pennsylvania hunting with me and this year he's going to go to to illinois and hunt with me also so he's uh he's he's really into it and he's really good at it so it's cool to I mean, I just pick his brain every day. I'll think of something I want to go back there and ask him. And, and then, but yeah. he's also the one that, that shows me up and tells me I'm not doing a good job calling. Yeah. And then I get, I, I, I become call shy myself. I, bet, I, mean, I imagine he's pretty good because he's, he's an avid outdoorsman and loves to do all the turkey and deer hunting and everything. So I don't imagine how well he is at turkey calling. Yeah, that, all, all everybody all through different, um, every step of life, you need a mentor, whether it be, you know, anything you're dealing with in life, it's nice to have a mentor. And he's definitely my, my turkey hunting mentor. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Well, maybe next time we get together, we have some turkey stories, turkey hunt stories. Yeah. Well, maybe, uh, hopefully next time we get there, we can have some, uh, some grilled turkey tenders. How about maybe next time we're together, we make it on a turkey hunt? <laughs> that well, could be all right. That would work uh, too. Absolutely. I'd like to do that. I'd like to see, i like to experience Dell Jr.'s take on it sometime too. Yeah, he he was really into it. Like I said, I was surprised. I remember, I remember you I talking about that, that one time he went hunting. I, he went actually on a deer hunt, and uh, he shot his not he shot his buck, and uh, 
they had fall season two, so he got to shoot a turkey, but it wasn't like he called in or anything. It just came in and he shot it. Yeah, that I knew there was something. Yeah. I remember last year when we went, he'd said he'd shot a turkey or had been involved in a turkey yeah. hunt, but that, that was it. He and really he, never been on a turkey hunt. It was a deer okay. hunt that had yeah. an opportunity yeah, to shoot a turkey, was, too. Yeah, that, that's, I'll tell you something about him is we we split up. The, like I said, we went into Ohio last year, and, and two of us went and hunted off the edge of a big field where we knew they were roosting, and he and the guy he was with went a ways away. Well, I don't know, an hour or so in the daylight, I got these turkeys gobbling across the field, and they're gobbling, and they're gobbling, I'm calling, and they're gobbling, I'm thinking, we're into it. And uh, and Dale had supposed to be like, I don't know, at least three-quarters of a mile from us where they were right. head, headed. <laughs> well, lo and behold, he hears the gobblers that are gobbling to me, and next thing I know, there's a turkey call calling between me and the gobbler, so I'm thinking, <laughs> well, they must have a hen with them. Well, no, it was Dale, and he'd heard those turkeys gobbling, and I'm calling, and, of course, he thinks he was just getting into it, wasn't an experienced caller, right. so his best bet was to get between me yeah. and the turkeys, and he <laughs> did. And next thing you know, he actually saw there was, a, there was a couple gobblers together, and he actually was within shooting range of them but never could get a shot at them. But he only Try because he only because he he slipped in between me and the turkeys. Cutting so, you all. Yeah, he. Uh, we're gonna take a this year. We're gonna take a different approach to it. I think that Uncle Robert's gonna go with this this year. So I think I'm going to go with Dale, and we'll put Uncle Robert with one of the other fellas, and we can uh, take a little different approach so I can make it a little more productive. There you go. <laughs> well, I wish y'all the best luck, and uh, hopefully it all work out. Absolutely. Well, folks, we want to again thank Azalta for all they do for Dirty Mo Radio. Be sure to go follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Azalta Racing. Also, we want to thank everybody for listening to Earnhardt Outdoors. If there's anything you want to hear us talk about, let us know via Twitter or Facebook at Earnhardt Outdoors. Again, we want to thank everyone for listening and catch us again on our next show. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. The 2017 race season is underway, and Dirty Mo Radio's race recap shows have you covered. Don't miss a single episode of Junior Motorsports Upfront with Justin Allgaier as he gives exclusive insight immediately after climbing out of the car. You can find Upfront on DaleJr.com and all major podcast outlets thanks to Exalta.